0: You're listening to Dream Team Origins. I'm Kelly Mahoney, and this week we're talking to Matt Langlois. Matt just recently graduated from the University of Ottawa. He was one of the head organizers of a little hackathon called You Oughta Hack. Matt's one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. He's extremely giving, extremely kind, and I'm very honored to call him my friend and part of the Dream Team. This is his story so how are things going what are you up to
1: Uh pretty good i mean i'm still getting settled in here in denver uh just getting started with github um i guess i pushed my first uh, bit of production code the other day
0: that's that exciting. Was exciting
1: yeah and nothing blew up so i didn't uh, destroy github that's always a nice feeling
0: that's a very good feeling <laughs>
1: um but yeah I, I guess i'm getting settled in still and uh honestly it, it doesn't feel like work. It's a dream job, really. Aww. So, yeah, uh, after the internship last summer, you know, I, I knew what the team was like and I absolutely loved it there. So coming back was just such an easy and obvious choice for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once I got the return offer after the internship, it was just like, I, I was so happy. I was thrilled to be able to come back and join the same team.
0: That's awesome.
1: So yeah, cool. get, getting settled in and then doing my round of conferences as well. Um, We had HackCon on the weekend and then uh, came back this week to Denver and went to GopherCon.
0: Oh, awesome. Is that uh, Go language or something? Okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so I don't know much about Go and my team is making a push towards Go. So I figured I might as well go there and learn a little bit.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Uh, Yeah, the little gopher uh, uh, mascot thing they have is adorable. (laughs) Yeah, we actually got a little plushie. Yeah, 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 I've seen (laughs) plushies of them before. Pretty cute. (laughs) Um, All right, so I guess we'll just jump right into it. Um, So you're a recent graduate. um, Do you want to tell me a little bit about your time at university?
1: Sure, yeah, I guess I can start, um, I can start kind of like from the beginning and what got me into university. So yeah, um, growing up, I grew up in a small town and I was really interested in tech in general and playing video games, obviously, but there wasn't much of a tech scene in my high school. so. Throughout high school, I kind of learned a little bit of programming on my own, figured out that's what I want to do. Um, I actually got a part-time job in high school developing websites for, it was a small web dev company based out of Carleton place where I live. And um, I guess that gave me my first like little bit of experience. And I realized this is something that I want to do as a career. So I figured I might as well go to university for this. And there, I had a few options. I applied to Waterloo University of Ottawa and Carlton University. And I actually got offers from all three, but uh, Waterloo was kind of an alternate offer. So it wasn't directly computer science. And then I said I I did a few, I guess, field trips in high school to the University of Ottawa. And I saw that the community there was pretty good. They did quite a bit of extracurricular activities, something that I was kind of passionate about uh, throughout high school and something I was also passionate about throughout university. So that's really what drew me in to the University of Ottawa. And I guess going from there, um, I I found out that my passion was more cybersecurity. So in my, (laughs) it's kind of funny, but in my first week at the University of Ottawa, I found a vulnerability and it was with their meal plan system. I was building a Pebble smartwatch app, something just on my own time, not related to classes or whatever. And it was going to allow me to check my meal plan balance. And I, I found out I had a bug and what this bug allowed me to do was log into anyone's account without a password. So, The first thing I did is uh, realize that this is something I could do and then report it right away. And it ended up getting patched, but I kind of got a thrill out of that and wanted to do cybersecurity or learn more about cybersecurity throughout university.
0: So you mentioned pebble. So I remember when pebbles first came on the market, I like had yeah. one and I thought I was the coolest person in the entire world. Because yeah. in my little small town, I had a smartwatch like that was very big for me. Um, do you yeah, remember? Exactly. Yeah. Do you remember the first thing that you built on a pebble watch or like the first thing you developed for it?
1: Yeah. So um, I actually got the pebble just before university. And so the first thing I built was this meal plan app that I found that vulnerability in the university. But I guess that was a great way to start because I hadn't really used JavaScript too much up to this point, a little bit for web dev, but I really wanted to practice more with JavaScript and Pebble offered a JavaScript library. So I was able to use that to build this uh, app. And then, um, you know, something that's practical for me and other students, but also a great way to learn how to use JavaScript in Uh, A rather simple environment you know there's not too many commands it's not overwhelming Um, but yet I can build something practical that I can see on my wrist I can see my meal plan balance and through that I actually developed quite a few more apps like that was the very first one got my little intro to pebble if you will and I was hooked so uh, I noticed in Ottawa there was somebody looking to start a pebble meetup group and I met up with him and then we actually formed the pebble Ottawa Group, uh, which uh, had, I want to say about a hundred people by the time it was, by the time Pebble uh, went under, but it grew really fast and it was a great experience because I got to meet other people and see what apps that they were working on and also see how I could improve my apps. So after, after I bought the uh, meal plan one, I ended up building another app called Meetup. The goal of Meetup is it allows you to build a community so instead of just a one-off event you can have recurring events build a community around it and so that's that's how the pebble community came sort of alive through these meetup groups and so i ran the meetup group but then i also built a meetup app so what this meetup app allowed you to do was to subscribe to meetups either pebble meetups or other meetups on meetup.com and you could get notifications on when the next event is taking place uh, some details about the event And if you had an account, you could sign in and even subscribe to the event so people would know that you're going. My passion for programming really existed outside of the class. A lot of the classes was theory and um, to me, a lot of the classwork was pretty boring. But I I ran things like Pebble meetups and I ran Pebble hackathons and DEFCON 613 security meetups and was part of the IEEE and all these extracurriculars, it really Like you could say it really built out a portfolio for me, but that's not why I was doing it. I was doing it because I wanted to run these events. I was passionate about Pebble, for example, my first and second year. And so I ran these Pebble meetups because I was passionate and I wanted others to have that same experience that I had. And then through that, I guess, running these meetups and stuff, uh, I was able to kind of grow myself out a little bit. Like I was very shy going into university, but by through running these meetups and joining all these extracurriculars, I started giving talks and... Um, really networking and going to a bunch of conferences, both on behalf of Pebble, on behalf of like the University of Ottawa, and then also just as a student, I went to conferences and hackathons. So, yeah, it's, it's really the outside of the classroom stuff that really stood out to me. And so uh, that's why in my fourth year, I ran UAuto Hack. I wanted the University of Ottawa students to have that experience of participating in a hackathon and working on a side project beyond the classroom. I found a lot of the stuff that we do in the classroom, well, it's maybe like towards theory and stuff like that. It's, it's a little bit less practical towards the real world. And so hackathons really allow you to sharpen your tool set. You know, if you want to work in Ruby on Rails and play with databases and stuff, it's something that we don't really get to do in the classroom.
0: What was your first hackathon that you went to?
1: I'm trying to remember. I, I want to say it was probably Hack Western. Um, yeah, I think it was Hack Western, where I worked on this app called CTF Fort. And CTF for it, it was supposed to be a cybersecurity thing where you could do CTF challenges in this application that we built. And I worked on the project with my roommate and another person that I met at a different school.
0: What was your favorite piece of swag that you ever got at a hackathon?
1: Ooh, um that's tough. I'm trying to remember, like, all the ones that really stick out to me. And I guess the one that really sticks out is at Hack the North, they give out the toque. And i think that was pretty awesome
0: so what's a toque
1: it's uh like a hat and it has a little pom-pom on top and it says hack the north on it oh okay and it, it's a winter hat
0: oh, okay so like a beanie basically yeah like, i guess yeah. we would call it a beanie
1: <laughs> yeah it, it's like a beanie but okay. it's a little bit bigger and it has oh, a little okay. like pom-pom thing on the on the top in the middle
0: um so you mentioned you ought to hack um a little bit ago um what is that
1: yeah so you ought to hack was a MLH hackathon or is a MLH hackathon. Um, and I've been to plenty of these hackathons myself, going and building apps such as, there was an event called Hack the North and I went there and built uh, another app for the Pebble. It was more of a fitness app that you could compare against your friends. And the nice thing about these hackathons is you can build an app and not even finish it. You know, you only have 24 hours to work on it. You're supposed to start from scratch, so you, um, you build the app over the span of 24 hours with people that you potentially don't even know and then at the very end you can demo it and the cool part is it's not required to be perfect it like by all means you're going to have bugs in your app and um, the judges typically don't care about bugs but they want to see you know what your idea was and and how you can present this idea and also what you can kind of get done in that 24 hours and i think it's great because you get to learn so through all these uh, hackathons that I went to, I really wanted to share that experience that I had with the students at the University of Ottawa. So you ought hack was the first MLH hackathon or MLH is a, a company that partners with hackathons to kind of give them some resources to get started, which was uh, perfect for us because we hadn't actually run hackathon before. And so we didn't really know where to start. And it was a huge success, actually. So through meeting up, I guess we, we met up with our MLH rep, Carl, uh, once every two weeks, and he gave us some advice on how to reach out to sponsors, how to book a venue, and then through all of this, we were able to bring 500 people, just under 500 people to the University of Ottawa for a weekend of hacking and uh, working on apps that they potentially wouldn't have built without this hackathon.
0: So I just want to say you to hack is like the best name for a hackathon. <laughs> like I'm obsessed with it and I don't know why, but it's just I'm the glad, yeah. I've heard
1: that from <laughs> many people, actually.
0: Like it's just like you like you got to, you gotta. Yeah, okay. exactly. <laughs> so you said that um, this was your first time as like a group or as a school putting on a hackathon. Can you talk a little bit about more about the experience of putting on your first hackathon?
1: Yeah, for sure. So It was a a great experience, a very fulfilling experience, but also a tiring experience. Um, Since this was our first time, we had a lot to learn and not a lot of time to do it. We didn't give ourselves as much time as we probably should have. We started planning for UATHack in September of 2017 and UATHack took place in February, 2018. So that gave us, I think it was like six months really to plan and That wasn't a lot of time because what I realized is a lot of the sponsors that we were reaching out to had already closed their funding for the rest of the year. And that was a real struggle for us at first, because we're reaching out to hundreds of companies and a lot of these companies are saying, it's great. Uh, We'd like you to reach out to us next year. So that was one tough area, but we ended up doing really well. We ended up getting over 20 sponsors on board. uh, And hopefully this year we'll get more because we're reaching out earlier. And then I was actually co-chair with Paul Lee. So we saw it more from the perspective of managing smaller teams. Like we had a logistics team, we had the sponsorship team, uh, we had the marketing team. And so we're more responsible for making sure that everything is on on track to success. And because it was our first time, we didn't really know what the track to success really looked like. We knew our ultimate goal was have 500 people come and we, had, uh, we wanted, X amount of dollars in sponsorship money so that we could get this, this much swag and everything. But we didn't really have hard deadlines uh, and that's where the MLH resources really came in handy. There's the MLH guidebook and with that we were able to figure out roughly what our deadlines should be. And then I guess moving forward, we were able to follow that and figure out you know what our swag orders would be and, and what it would look like logistically to run this hackathon cuz at our hackathon we actually provide meals for all of the hackers throughout the entire event. And so it does become a logistical nightmare when you're trying to reach out to a bunch of different companies trying to figure out food and not only that but a lot of the participants have dietary restrictions so you're trying to you know cater to everyone's needs and it becomes a real a real struggle when you reach out to a bunch of different vendors and you're not sure if your sponsors are going to give you the money that you that you're supposed to be getting and a lot of that came in last minute, so it was definitely a lot of work, especially the month leading up to the event. But I guess what I, our biggest takeaway was just kind of start the process a little bit earlier. And now that we have all of these contacts, as well as what the process kind of looks like, we were able to start that earlier and the, we got the ball rolling and it's going really well this year.
0: I've got to say, though, so I was the coach at, at uh, You Oughta Hack. That event was so well run. If someone like me walking into it, I would have never guessed that that was your first, that was the first iteration. Really? Like, it was such a good event. Minus, you know little things like here and there that you know happen at every event like yeah it was run so well like I'm it so was happy to hear that yeah no it, like it really really was like you and your team should be really really proud of yourself and I I recommend that everybody go and it's it's just such a great event so pat yourself on the back
1: <laughs> <laughs> thanks yeah. I'm so he, happy it went off uh, so well
0: did you have any mentors that kind of helped you along the way?
1: Yeah, definitely. So in my first year of university, I actually met up with this other student uh, during Frosh Week. And it, he was a great, like, we, we became great friends throughout university, but also um, we were able to bounce ideas off of each other. And uh, in my earlier classes with a lot of the math and stuff like that, I really struggled. So he was able to mentor me there. And I know it sounds like kind of cheesy that I just met this person and all of a sudden he's helping me with math and stuff like that. But the good thing about this is I was very shy going into university and so I wasn't sure if I'd be able to make new friends and stuff. Like I, I was pretty nervous about that. And so by reaching out to him, I realized that people do want to help you. And and as long as you, they get like like a friendship, you you give some a little and then you get a little as well. So I was I was helping him a little bit with some programming, he was helping me with math stuff and we became good friends over the span of university career, but then moving forward, I was able to bring this more into organizing events and stuff like that. So with the Pebble meetup, instead of just participating in the Pebble meetup, I ended up talking to the other person that was organizing it and realizing that I'm really passionate about this so I can talk to him and maybe he can mentor me. And so he uh, taught me how to give a few talks on Pebble and, and showed me a little bit more about the Pebble ecosystem itself. And then moving forward towards to Hack, um, now that I kind of built up like Hack was in my fourth year so I kind of built up this uh, confidence around running events and, and public speaking but I still really wasn't sure what to do for this hackathon. Uh, you know running a hackathon was completely new to me at this point point. and so I had this really good friend Kim and she taught me a lot uh, about the process of running a hackathon. Um, whether it be talking to sponsors or making sure that we have the venue on time. Or even like the smallest details about making sure what like our marketing looks like. So do we reach? Out, how do we reach out to the hackers? How do we hype up this event? And um, Kim was really there throughout the entire process. Whenever I had a question, she was uh, able to answer. And I guess it's because her experience through running events like QSec, which is one of the biggest uh, software engineering conferences for students in Canada, and then she also ran uh, a hackathon at Concordia. So she had that experience and was able to pass some pass on some knowledge to me, and it was really helpful uh, in terms of running the event.
0: So you mentioned working at GitHub. Can you tell me a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. So it's really a dream come true. I guess I'll kind of start from the beginning and, and what got me there, because it was it was quite the process, honestly. So it started back in first year. Uh, my school had the option to do a co-op program, and well, the co-op program was great. It kind of limited your options. You had to apply to options within the co-op program. And if you got an offer, then you had to accept that offer. And it's a great opportunity for people that don't have experience in the industry or that potentially don't want to reach out to companies um, and, and maybe are a little bit more shy. But for me, I wanted to try, I wanted to, to reach out and I wanted to try and make my own opportunities. And so I dropped the co-op program in my first year. Uh, in hopes that I would find something awesome. And at the end of my first year, unfortunately, I didn't land an internship in San Francisco or anything. I worked for the, uh, the government in Canada, but at least I got to do something that was related to programming, so gaining a little bit of experience. And then moving more into my second year, I started realizing that I needed to do a little bit more outreach. In my first year, I actually applied to the Google internship. I think it's called Google practicum or something like that. And then I also applied to uh, Shopify, which is a big company in Ottawa, both which I got rejected for uh, or from before I even had an interview or anything. So going into my second year, I realized like I really need to, to, I guess, sharpen up my skills and also uh, apply to more places because in my first year, I really wanted these awesome opportunities, but I didn't land these awesome opportunities. And that was because I didn't apply too many places and my resume was pretty blank. Um, I didn't do very much at the time in terms of extracurriculars and so I had nothing that really set me apart from other students. Uh, And that's what companies are looking for because sure you can have A's in all your classes but there's probably hundreds of other students that also have A's in all their classes. So you really need something on your resume that sets you apart. So more in my second year I started working on side projects and getting involved in these like Pebble meetups and uh, just in the community at U Ottawa in general. Like I said earlier I was on the IEEE um, and so through this extracurricular activities, I started building out a bit of a network and talking to more companies um, and I ended up at in second year. Uh, so looking for my third or my, my summer before third year internship, I ended up applying to a bunch of different places like Twitter and stuff, and it was going great. Uh, I got interviews with a few places, but again, none of them uh, followed up. And so those all fell through. But I guess the coolest part was there's this meetup in Ottawa uh, called OWASP, and I met someone at the OWASP meetup, and he said that he was looking for someone to help him with his startup. So instead of working at a huge tech company, I actually got the experience to work at a startup in my summer between second and third year. And this was a, a different experience because I was the third person on the startup, and I was working from home. So working in my own, like, you know roll out of bed and roll into my computer chair and start working and stuff like that so it's a very different experience you have to be very self-motivated to do this kind of stuff but i think it was an awesome opportunity for me to not only like kickstart my career but also try something different try something you know it's a startup so they're trying to build bleeding edge technologies and i'm learning something new every day and that was sort of my second to third year experience and then Now that I had this experience built up going into third year, I applied all over the place. There's this handy website called intern.supply, which I'd really recommend people check out because this website lists probably 200 internships. So with my previous experience, I updated my resume. Um, I also talked a little bit about more of my, or added a little bit more about my extracurriculars on there so that companies would see that, you know, I'm I'm more than just getting good grades in class. Which actually, I didn't get amazing grades, but I think the extracurriculars kind of made up for it. And then, yeah, going, in, like, after going into my fourth year, applying to all these places, I applied to GitHub, I applied to the Twitter, Microsoft, Amazon, and intern.supply had this huge list. So I just applied pretty much everywhere. And I guess the first step for me, like, I was really nervous. You know, I, I kept saying to myself, you know, I'm not good enough. I'm not, I'm not going to make it. But I think I just had to put myself out there and, and so I ended up applying to all these places and then it was awesome to hear back. I heard back from 10 and I had interviews with six and then ended up getting offers from about four of them. So even though I applied, it seems like everywhere, you know, you know, I didn't hear back from too many places, but thankfully I heard back from GitHub and uh, that's where I interned. So between third and fourth year, I had an internship at GitHub based out of San Francisco. Absolutely loved it there. And then at the end of my internship, I talked to my recruiter about the possibility of coming back for full-time. And there was a process to transition from an internship to a full-time offer. And so yeah, I did a few interviews and that's how I ended up where I am now.
0: So during this entire process that you basically just laid out for us, was there ever a moment where you were like, wow, I really am a developer or wow, like I really am like damn good at doing what I do.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, so so there was actually two moments kind of like that. The first would have been, I guess, when I was applying to all these places and started hearing back, uh, or started hearing back that I was getting offers. It's like, I'm actually, I, I realized at that point, you know, I'm, I'm actually capable of coding these companies recognize all this work that I've put into my side projects and, and all this work that I'm doing on the side. And I, like, I was really worried because. Um, growing up, my dad always told me, you know, you're gonna have to go to school. It's it's actually funny because all the way along, uh, he's been telling me, and everything that he said has kind of been the opposite for me. So he told me when I was younger, I'd have to get a job uh, doing retail, and then that never happened. I started off as a developer, and then he told me in university, I have to go to class and I have to get good grades, and my grades weren't amazing, but I also didn't really go to class. I went to these hackathons and conferences, and so. Um, I guess, you know, I, I always realized, or I always thought that I'm not that great, like my marks aren't amazing, why would these companies want to hire me? But then I, I decided to apply to a bunch of these places, just take a shot, you know, and hopefully maybe some of these companies will see some of the stuff I did. And then I ended up hearing back from quite a few, getting interviews and then actually getting offers from a couple. And that's when I realized like, wow, this is this is real like I'm actually getting these offers for these these amazing opportunities these internships that are based out of San Francisco you know something that I, I started programming when I was six and I thought like this would be amazing by the time you know I'm an adult I'd love to work in the states I'd love to work in San Francisco it's, it's a dream and um, so yeah getting those offers it's, it's wow I can actually you know these companies recognize what I do and I can actually code and then I think the second time was when i had first started my internship at github like i I just remember waking up one day and being like i made it i'm I'm here i'm in san francisco this is what i always wanted to do it's a dream come true and to this day i still feel like i'm living a dream and i don't want to wake up
0: that makes me so happy so on the reverse of that was there any point in your uh career as a student where you felt imposter syndrome or felt like you didn't belong? And if so, how did you beat it?
1: Yeah, so there was definitely points in my career where I felt like that, especially uh, going into first year, because I said I had dropped this co-op program in hopes of finding my own job. And the job I ended up getting, I, I worked for a school board. And the only reason I got it is because my dad's a database administrator there. So it was a little bit easier for me to get in. But and I guess at that point I realized or I was sort of thinking like, OK, you know, working at the school board's not so bad. It pays pretty good. There's there's good benefits. I mean, it's not what I want to be coding, but, you know, I'm, I'm good enough to do this and maybe I'll just do this for the rest of my career. And so I kind of felt like uh, I don't know if this is really imposter syndrome, but I kind of just felt like I, I fit in there and it's it was easy and I didn't have to worry about it. While I was comfortable at the school board, I knew it wasn't what I wanted to do. So I didn't really want to make it into like, I I don't know how to explain this, but I didn't really want to make it into a routine or, um, you know, I I was comfortable there, but I wasn't satisfied and I didn't want to let the comfort away the satisfaction in this case.
0: Yeah, I feel like some people, once they um, kind of feel settled in a job, they're like, Ooh, well maybe I shouldn't risk it. Like maybe I should just accept being comfortable, but you yeah. were like, no, like, that's not what I want to do. And you pushed and you fought until you landed the dream. The dream Yeah,
1: road. Yeah. exactly. Uh, I guess the, the biggest motivating factor for me was I really wanted to push myself. And I found that a lot of the jobs I had worked earlier on in my university career, weren't really, um, pushing the limits of what I knew about programming, so I wasn't learning. And something that's something I really like about programming is I'm constantly learning. So being able to have that opportunity uh, in the States or just in, I guess it's more like private sector, high tech industry, is is something that was really special to me. I, I also, through going to conferences, I saw some talks where people talked about imposter syndrome and, you know, I, I learned more that companies are going to reject you. There's just so many people applying to these internships and also just so many people in general applying for jobs. Um, but I learned not to let that get to me and not, not to let that bring me down really. And to just keep applying and keep trying and, and keep working on my own. Um, it's definitely something that, that has happened though and uh, it's difficult to get past for sure.
0: You just learn not to take it personally and it's just part of the process, basically. Yeah. Yeah, Awesome. If you could share one piece of advice to your younger self about your journey in tech or where you are now, what would it be?
1: Hmm. I would say, I would say don't worry about the grades as much because in first year, I really worried about the grades. So don't worry about the grades as much. Uh, definitely build out your network and go to these hackathons and events. Uh, in first year, I didn't really apply to too many because I was so worried about my grades. And also, don't be afraid to just, like, talk to people and network. Uh, who knows, in maybe a year or two down the road or even a few months, that'll land you an awesome opportunity. I could talk all day about the hackathon, honestly. <laughs>
0: but- what about it?
1: Honestly, I could just talk about, like, the experience of running it and sort of the, like, fulfillment it gave me afterwards as well, because uh, you remember that one point where you're, like, you could sit down and say, like, oh, I'm a developer, like, concretely say that. Mm -hmm. Well, after the hackathon, I remember just going through all the pictures and, well, first I slept for 25 hours because I had stayed up almost 65 hours straight. But after sleeping, I woke up and I'm like, wow, I just ran a hackathon brought 500 people to the University of Ottawa, put the University of Ottawa on the map for hackathons. And being able to say that that I did that, along with the hackathon team, of course, it's just an awesome feeling. So leading up to the hackathon, there was a lot of uh, stress to make sure everything goes well. And one thing I learned about running a hackathon is not everything's going to be perfect, and it doesn't have to be either a lot of the hackers gave us amazing feedback afterward, feedback, sorry, uh, saying that they had an awesome time at the hackathon, even though there was an issue with the elevator, for example, or um, there was a slight issue with busing one of the days. And so the hackers, well, I thought like, oh no, this is gonna ruin the hackathon. Like it's really affecting people. Um, The hackers were really appreciative with what we had done. And so, Afterwards, going back through the pictures and just seeing all of the creations that people had made and the the amazing time that our sponsors, our hackers and our judges were having. And also we had the Vice Dean of Engineering from the University of Ottawa come by and he was just blown away by everything. So hearing all of this feedback from the hackers and from the university and from the sponsors afterwards, it's just one of the best feelings, honestly. It, it really goes to show you that like, if you put a little bit of effort into something, you'll get a lot of fulfillment out of it afterwards. And I loved running the hackathon, so I really hope it, it's here to stay. Be sure to check yawtahack.ca to, to keep updated with the, all the information about yawtahack this year.
0: Stay tuned after the credits to see if Matt prefers In N Out or Five Guys Burgers. Dream Team Origins is voiced by Kelly Mahoney. Our special guest this week was Matt Gua. Okay. Yep. Do you drink your coffee black or with cream and sugar?
1: With cream and sugar.
0: Pop or hip hop? Pop Are you a night owl or early riser?
1: Ooh, definitely night owl.
0: Do you prefer to buy things online or in a store?
1: Uh buy things online
0: Do you prefer the spring or the fall? Spring Would you rather drive somewhere or fly somewhere? drive are you do you prefer Netflix or Hulu? Netflix in and out or five guys burgers
1: Five guys.